but I feel so good right now. And the weight just kept coming off and kept coming off. And I kept feeling better and getting stronger. And, you know, so it's like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? (laughs) It's hard to to make more changes, you know? So, yeah, well, what I hear you say is that you found your your nutrition structure. You found your flow and it's refined. There was like definitely two phases. First phase was water, shake, manwich, healthy dinner with Lisa. And then now this is it's refined to shake. It's beefed up a little bit into healthy dinner. And that works for you. And you can be consistent with that. And so like you now have your rails for nutrition and fuel for the rest of your life. <laughs> All right, my friend, this is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. In just a moment, you're going to hear a conversation between myself and one of our amazing Fit Father program members, Thomas Messer. Thomas is 50 years young. He's a pastor from Michigan. He's a father, a husband. And over this past year, Thomas has lost over 100 pounds. And this is a really important story to share, and I want you to tune in and listen to this one, especially if you're a heavy guy that has a lot of weight to lose, or if you've been through a big weight loss journey, or if you're at a point right now where you think that the health changes that you want to make in your heart seem impossible. That's exactly where Thomas was. I mean, back to December of 2020, Thomas was in the ER about to effectively have a stroke and a heart attack. His blood pressure was 220 over 110. He was six foot one, 286 pounds. And over the next course of a year, 365 days, Thomas has released over 100 pounds of weight, gotten off all these prescription medications. He's gotten his vitality back. He's more engaged in his marriage. He's more engaged with his spiritual walk and his church. Like all of this amazing stuff happened through a systematic stepwise process. And this conversation is great because we get into Thomas's story. We get into the reality that many guys face that after years and years of not living right, you can find yourself in really bad shape. And thankfully his fit father story didn't have to start with a heart attack but it did start with a scare. And I think it's important to hear these types of stories because it helps wake us up and get us motivated to really refocus. And then the other part of this conversation that I think is so powerful is not just recounting what Thomas did to lose all this weight, but also looking at just the spiritual aspect of this. I mean, we have the privilege of talking to a Lutheran pastor here, a man who's very connected to his faith, to God. And now he's really at a point where he feels whole. He's walking the walk and all the amazing things that have come into his life as a byproduct of working on his health. He's a fit father through and through. So I'm super excited to bring you this conversation with Thomas Messer. Let's hop into today's combo. Tom, welcome to the Fit Father Podcast, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. So... I already know this conversation is going to be amazing just because your story is amazing. And what you were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time is incredible. And I can't wait to get into that. But before we get into your story, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to all the guys and ladies that are listening to this podcast, You know, name, age, where you're from, what you do for work, a little bit about your family, and then we'll kind of set the stage to roll into your story. Sure. I'm Tom Messer, just turned 50 in July of last year which was, we'll get into that, but it was a huge milestone for me. Mm -hmm. I am from Alma, Michigan, which is right in the middle of Michigan. I've been married for 25 years. I have four adult children and two grandchildren with one on the way, probably in the next couple of weeks. So we're really excited about that. And I'm a pastor, a Lutheran pastor. 
it's a second career for me. I worked at Ford Motor Company at a Woodhaven stamping plant in Michigan for years and felt a calling on my heart and was really interested in theology and scripture and ended up quitting Ford Motor Company and going to the seminary. And it's been quite a journey. I've been doing the same church in Alma, Peace Lutheran Church in Alma, for 16 years and loving every minute of it. So yeah, that's kind of a short intro to who I am. It's a great intro. It sounds like you have a very rich and beautiful life. Very blessed. For sure. Take me back to, I think, you know, I know your story so I can guide this a little bit. Some of these pivotal moments around December of 2020, which I think was kind of like a turning point for you. So talking about what was going on with your health, maybe that year in 2020, what's led up to that and then what happens and we'll just kind of roll from there. Yeah, you know, it, it was quite a thing. In the months leading up to December, I was struggling to breathe, you know, just doing regular tasks, taking out the garbage. And I would have to stop a couple of times and, and catch my breath. And I've never experienced that kind of thing. You know, I've, I mean, I was out of shape for years in October, November of 2020. I could just feel I was struggling to breathe, to do anything. And the other thing that I really noticed was my coordination. I've always had pretty good hand-eye coordination. I've been an athlete, you know, my whole life I played sports and, and I was fumbling things and it, it, you know, it just kind of, I could just feel myself spiraling downward and it wasn't a pretty thing to feel at all, but it really hit me in November when I was deer hunting and walking out to my tree stand I'd have to stop, you know, and it's it's a it's a flat walk. It's not like it's uphill and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a flat walk, and I I would have to stop every couple minutes and bend over and catch my breath. And I actually passed up on a deer the second night of that season because it was five thirty, and that's what I'm blaming on. It was too late to kill a deer, but it wasn't because it was too late to kill a deer. It was because I knew that after I killed that deer, I'd have to go down and field dress it and then get it out of the woods. And I was in no shape to do that. Um, and so that was in mid November and then getting into December, my son-in-law took me hunting and his blind is just, it's a box blind and it's, uh, it's literally a hundred, maybe less than a hundred yard walk flat through, it's on the edge of a field. And I had to stop three times to catch my breath. And I said, that's it. I have to call a doctor and see what's going on here. I hadn't been to the doctor in like five or six years, even though it takes a lot to get to that point. And you can feel it in your body that you're, you're going downhill fast but I just, I kind of put that off and ignored it and went about my life until in December of last year, I couldn't, when you can't walk a hundred yards out to a box blind, something's wrong. So I called the doctor and made an appointment. I actually, he couldn't get me in until December 23rd. That's a date that will live in infamy for me. Love to know your weight at the time. So people are going to get a picture of you. I can imagine you walking out to blind, your height and your weight at the time when this is happening. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 6'1". And on December 23rd, when I walked into the doctor's office, I weighed in at 286.3 pounds, which was by far, I mean, 
I remember getting to around 250 and thinking, what are you doing? How could you get this big? Because I've always been, you know, I've never been skinny, skinny, but I've always been, you know, kind of lean until the last 15, 20 years. And I just kept adding it on. But so I walked in December 23rd, 2020, weighing in at 286.3 pounds. The nurse took my blood pressure and, you know, all that kind of my temperature and all that stuff and said, go wait for the doctor. The doctor came in and he didn't even sit down. He said, you need to go to the emergency room right now. And I said, you know, why? And just talking to him, I could, I was struggling, just talking, I was struggling breathing. And he said, well, your blood pressure is 220 over 120. And you're, you know, he, he said, I'm going to do a quick EKG on you. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to listen to you and stuff. But then you need to go to the ER. And I, and I was arguing with him, I'm not going to the ER. It's December 23rd. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. I'm a pastor. I have stuff to do. And he said, just please, please go to the, he, he took the EKG and he said, you know, your heart's not right. And I'm really nervous for you. You have the potential of having a stroke or a heart attack, massive heart attack at any moment. Go to the ER and let them check you out. They'll run tests. They'll do everything. They'll, you know, they'll start medication. And I finally agreed to go, but I said, I'm not staying you know, I'll go and they can do whatever they have to do, but I'm not staying. He said, that's fine. You don't have to stay, but just go. So I went and spent six hours in the emergency room. And, you know, I tell everybody now that was the worst six hours of my life. It was awful. You know, it's middle of COVID. You can't have visitors. Um, You know, I called my wife and told her I was going and she's like, I'll come up there. And I'm like, you can't come up there. You know, they won't let you in. So I was sitting in this emergency room all alone. They had the blood pressure cuff on me and it was going off every two minutes. And when your blood pressure is that high, it hurts, you know, when it's putting the pressure on your arm. I mean, it it was awful. And I just remember laying in that, that little, the little cot in that emergency room thinking, what have I done to myself? I can't believe I've allowed myself to get to this point. I prayed and thought to myself, if, you know, you start, when you get desperate, you start making bargains and, you know, and I was telling God, please let me get out of this. And then I will make changes, you know, those kinds of things you do because you have this desperate, gosh, it was just so overwhelming, this feeling of despair that I had that night. And, you know, they wanted to admit, they wanted to keep me. They said that, we have to run all these. They did some tests. They checked for clotting. They did chest x-rays, all this stuff. They told me I had fluid built up around my heart and lungs. And they started me on Lasix to try to remove some of that fluid. But the first ER doc, she came in and she said, because I told the nurse, I'm not, she wanted to admit me. I said, I'm not, I can't stay, you know, do whatever you have to do. And, but I have to be out of here tonight. And the first ER doc, she came in and said, she was, you know, God bless her. I know she's doing her job, but she was a little bit snotty with me or probably aggravated with me, which she had the right to be. But she, she looked at me and she said, if you go home, you're going to stroke out and die. And I came right back with, well, then I'll be with Jesus, but I'm going home, you know? Um, And, and then, 
uh, an hour later, another ER doc came in and he was, he was a lot better. He had a lot better bedside manner and, and he sat down with me and, and we talked for a while and he said, yeah, go home, do what you got to do, but you have to follow up on this. We don't know how bad your heart is. You might be at the point where you actually need stuff to get done in there. You, we might have to go in and do surgery. We don't know how bad it is. So you have to follow up. And I promised him I would, and I did. I came home that night, December 23rd, 2020, after six hours of being in the ER. And I, I came home and uh, told my wife, Lisa, and our oldest daughter was here for Christmas. She was staying with us that night. And I told them both, I'm done. If I have a glimmer of hope here, a chance, I'm taking a journey back to health. I can't. It was awful. It was the worst night of my life. So that's what happened last December. And you know, what led to that was just, it was years of neglect, (laughs) years of, you know, being a pastor, pastors make the excuse that we have a, a sedentary lifestyle because we're always sitting on our butts, reading, writing sermons, you know, preparing Bible studies, stuff like that. But that, that's just an excuse. You know, you can get off your butt. And, but I didn't. For 15, 15 years, I sat on my butt and I ate junk. And I was so bad, Dr. Anthony, that I was doing 800 milligrams of Motrin two or three times a day, you know, because I was... I was, I was in pain all the time, my knee, my back, my shoulders, my elbows, all my joints. I was just in really bad shape. And, and that's where it ended up. I ended up in the ER and, you know, almost died. Now, thankfully, following up, it turned out that my heart wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was a slightly enlarged. I was obese. And starting the Lasix, I probably had about 12 to 15 pounds of the 286 was fluid. So when that started coming off, I could breathe better and I could start to feel better. It was just a kickstart into this new mentality, this new mindset that I'm not going back there. Not, you know, I mean, we'll all go back there eventually, but right. not it's going to be yet. a while for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's January now. You've had this incredible scare that didn't thankfully result in an actual heart attack, but you know, close enough. What do you start doing to make the changes? You know, you need to lose weight as a primary objective here. Yes. Well, immediately starting December 24th, which is Christmas time. And I love cookies, you know, but immediately I just, I stopped eating junk. My wife, God bless her. She's, she's been on a health kick for years and, you know, she would make you know, kind of two dinners, one for her that was healthy. (laughs) And then me meat and potatoes and corn and all this stuff. I started eating with her. We started eating healthy, just a set meal plan, so to speak, but low carbs. I cut out sugar right away. Um, I have, I'm proud to say I have not had a single Motrin since December 23rd, 2020. I have not had anything, any kind of pain reliever or anything. So that's how I started. I just cut out the snacking. The Another bad habit I had developed prior to that was I would eat late at night and I wouldn't eat all day. And then nine, 10 o'clock, I'd fill a plate full of food and gouge it down, then go to bed, stop doing that, started eating with Lisa and started eating what she ate and just little things like that to start. And it, you know, the first 
few weeks of that, I could already feel a difference in my body. Oh, the other thing I quit is I love coffee and, and I really love Dunkin' Donuts creamer, sweet creamer. Oh, and I stopped that and just started having half and half, you know, just little things like that. I started right away as soon as I got home. And then January 8th, that's another date that's, that's uh, important to me, which is tomorrow, actually. This is kind of neat that we're doing this today, the day before. So it's actually today, I can say this right now, today's been a year because tomorrow, tomorrow will be a year. But I mean, I started on January 8th. I got the green light from my doc. He said, you can start light exercising. And so I committed myself that I would get 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes of exercise in a day. He didn't want me to do anything strenuous at first. He said, just walk, walk, walk 15, 30 minutes. So I started on January 8th of last year. And that's all I did for the first few weeks was just walk every day for 30 minutes. But tomorrow will be a year that I've kept that promise. I have exercised at least, and now I'm averaging like 90 minutes, 110 minutes a day of exercise. But I've exercised at least 30 minutes a day since January 8th of last year. So that's how I started. And then, and then February 1st, we'll get into that next. But that's when I started with you guys. You know, I love what you've shared up to this point, particularly that, you know, you started small, right? What you could do, you took control of the food. It wasn't exactly an elaborate plan, but healthier meals and really just cutting out stuff that you knew was not serving you. So cleaning that up, immediate actions, and then just walking. You know, that's where you've, you, you've probably seen some of our other fit father guys around here. Like it's where when you're really heavy, that's exactly where you start nutrition and walking. And then you start to see some results. So what happens in February when you kind of officially join the Fit Father program? Let's get into that part. When I started exercising in January, I started looking around. I wanted to get into a program that would keep me accountable, that would, and that had, you know, because this is a thing I think a lot of guys, this is why I didn't start for years. What do you do? Where do you start? What workouts do you do? What meal plans do you follow? You know, that kind of stuff. And there's so many out there you don't know what, what's what. This nutritionist saying this, this one saying that. Don't eat this. Do eat that. You know, it, it's just a, it's a big world of confusion out there for those of us that aren't in the know. Anyway, I, I spent hours researching, looking for programs, and I always kept coming back to you and Fit Father Project. I just found you online. wasn't recommended or anything. I related to you, Doctor Anthony. You didn't come off as a salesman. You know, you actually came off as someone who cared and wanted to help people. And that was because some of these guys that are out there, I mean, it's like used car salesmen. They just totally. So I had a connection with you watching your videos and, and I and I felt you were sincere and you wanted to help. And and uh, so I decided, you know, I'm going to give this a go. I officially I mean, I started doing fit father stuff before February 1st, like the perfect plate you know, that kind of stuff. And some of the guidelines, February 1st was my official start. And February 1st is another date I remember because it's my first Apex 10. And, <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> right. I got up to seven and back down and it was horror. It was horror. You know, it, it, it took me 57 minutes 
got up to seven and back down. And by four, I had to, I had to do it on my knees. I had to do the renegade rows and the push-ups on my knees, but I forced myself through it and kept doing it. And by the end of February, I, I should say this too, I started with 10 pound dumbbells. And by the end of February, I was using 15s and I got it to 45 minutes. Doing the whole thing? Doing the whole thing, but still modifying, still doing it on my knees. Because when you're that big, you can't, Yeah, you know. For sure. So, But that's incredible progress in a short amount of time. I mean, to up your weight and complete the workout. I mean, you know, the 8, 9, 10 levels are (laughs) as hard as the 1 through 7 almost in their own right, right? I still remember (laughs) watching your video and you make it look easy. You just, you know, you just go to town with it. But I remember you saying this workout will kick your butt. But when you're watching it, you're like, nah, that doesn't look too hard. You know, that's, and, but it will kick your butt, especially when you're out of shape. You know, that's one of the things that has amazed me is the progress you make. It's amazing where you start and the way your body adapts and, and gets better and gets stronger. And you don't even know what's happening, but it does. It's amazing stuff. Like I can do an Apex 10 now with 20, 25s, you know, in 40 minutes and get through it. And that's in one year of change yeah. at 50 years young. Like I think you almost have that, many, many of us have the mentality that you're like over the hill, but the body's so adaptable with the right inputs. Like the amount of fitness you have now compared to your last decade yeah, is absolutely. amazing. I'm Well, I'm in better shape than I was in my 20s actually. <laughs> Hands down. For those who are listening, how much weight in total did you lose you know, since starting basically one year, what are you down for your effective starting weight to now? Totally. I'm down 121.5. Yeah. The, with uh, fit father project. I just, I wrote it down. I'm almost at a hundred. I'm like at 98.5. My official start on the fit father project, but yeah, totally 121.5. Yeah. That's literally decades of life, not just pounds lost at this point for you. Yeah. So you're getting stronger. Talk to me about some of the refinements with your nutrition because you come into the program and we're giving you pretty specific guidelines on how you can start to set up your nutrition structure. And you were a man that was making some changes after the scare, but still coming from 15 years of bad habits, right? 15 plus years. How do you start to unwind those? What does your nutrition structure shape up as? What really stood out to you as important things that you started doing, stopping doing? Let's really go into nutrition first. Nutrition is so key. Well, I followed the guidelines and I started right away, February 1st, I started doing the uh, fat burning shake. I would get up in the morning, started drinking water and I'd not, man, I did not drink water before this, but I would force myself to drink at least 32 ounces of water when I woke up yeah. first two hours. I fasted for the first four hours okay. until, you know, and then I had the fat, the fat burning shake. And nice. then I would fast for three to four more hours. And I had the Ezekiel bread manwich, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turkey manwich. I did that for 30 days and then I would eat dinner follow. I mean, we did, Lisa's been, like I said, she was doing this. She was eating healthy because she, she was diagnosed with diabetes, type two diabetes five, six years ago. And she got on a health kick back then and it's all gone. I mean, she's, she's doing great. Nice. So, you know, a lot of the meals in the fit father program 
and the guidelines, the nutritional guidelines and stuff she was already doing. So that was great help for me because I just ate what she cooked, you know, but I was following the kind of the perfect plate method, you know, quarter protein, quarter starch, half vegetables. And I, and I'm, I'm lucky because I love veggies. I always have. So that's not a problem for me. And just, that was my day. Water, fat burning shake, Ezekiel bread, turkey manwich. That was delicious, you know, and then dinner and I didn't snack and I really didn't miss it. And so that's where I started. First 30 days, I followed that to a T. And then after that, second, third months, I started adding a, a, a 24-hour dinner-to-dinner fast once a week. And then I found that I didn't really need the sandwich. I even asked in the group, I asked, and Ben answered, you know, do I have to eat this sandwich if I don't need it? You know, and he's like, no, you don't have to. So really, it was just fat-burning shake and uh, dinner. And to be honest with you, that's kind of where I still am. And I feel great, even though there's so much in the super fuel already, but I still, I do add super greens to it. And basically, that's, that's kind of what I followed all along. And it's, you know, I'm kind of nervous to take the next step. (laughs) I don't know why, but because I want to get into OSM, that's, I know we're not there yet future, but, but I feel so good right now. And the weight just kept coming off and kept coming off. And I kept feeling better and getting stronger. And, you know, so it's like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? I, <laughs> it's hard to right. to make more changes, you know? So, yeah, well, what I hear you say is that you found your, your nutrition structure. You found your flow and it's refined. There was like definitely two phases. First phase was water, shake, manwich, healthy dinner with Lisa. And then now this is... It's refined to shake. It's beefed up a little bit into healthy dinner. And that works for you. And you can be consistent with that. And so like you now have your rails for nutrition and fuel for the rest of your life. And like, wow, talk about like something to figure out. Like, I wish we all kind of were taught this as kids to kind of figure out this. And now you're kind of playing around with ideas of as I change my training up and start doing more muscle building specific stuff, how's nutrition going to flow with that? And my answer to you here while we're talking about it is you'll probably use that same exact structure. And as you're strength training, you might just add in one more post-workout shaker, bump up calories just a tiny bit after exercise, and it's going to be wonderful. So we'll help you sort that. And it's cool that you're going into the next phase of this journey. But talk to me what it's like to lose roughly you know, 100 pounds or so it doesn't all come off at once. Although your weight was pretty consistently coming off. How would you describe your experience of the different phases of the journey? First 10, next 20, next 30. Were there distinct phases in that different mindset shifts that were there? Challenges as you're going through this? I kind of want to talk about like the flow of that entire process. Yeah. Well, I I have to say that my initial goal in my mission statement, I was going to lose 12 pounds. In 30 days for those listening. Yeah. In 30 days. Yes. And I ended up losing 16.2 that first. And there was no more water weight. I mean, that or no more fluid retention. That was just, that's where I was. And I lost 16.2 pounds. And just looking 16.2, 14.9, 14.1, 11.8, 10.2, 10, 6.8, 3.3, 2.3. I added 1.4 in December. And then back down 5.7. So, I mean, 
your mindset when you start to burn this fat and you can't really see it at first, you know, I hate taking those pictures. <laughs> Just personally, I do. Yeah. I, but I did anyway. Sure. And after 30 days, 60, 90, you're like, the pictures don't tell the story as much as I'm wearing, you know, two inches down on my collars. My pants are falling off, you know, that kind of stuff. But when you start to burn that weight, when you start to lose that weight consistently, it just fuels you, you know, it really does. For me, my mindset was this works and it just motivated me to keep going and, and pushing harder and stronger. I really never experienced huge obstacles along the way, ex- probably not until November, you know, so I went from February to November, just on a steady downhill race with losing weight. And then November came, actually, it was October 31st. The, here's the other thing I want to say while I'm talking about this, weighing yourself every morning, huge. It's huge. You know, because I have people say, why do you do Don't do that every morning. Do it like once a week or, you know, no, do it every morning when you're doing And Now, I don't have to do it every morning today, but I mean, as you're going through this, because you learn, you know, from from the day before, what what did I, if you're up a little bit or you're, or you didn't lose as much, you, what did I eat? What did I do different? You know, I mean, it's just, you learn your body. You really do. It's it's an amazing thing. I never would have thought that. But so weighing myself every day and seeing the weight come off consistently, that was like fuel. But in November, it finally hit a roadblock. You know, I stayed at between once and I can't even believe I'm talking about these numbers. My major goal was to get to 200. Now, I stayed at 170 to 172 for like a month and a half. And I could not get below 170. But I felt great and, you know, it didn't change anything, anything, you know, it didn't affect me mentally or anything. I mean, I felt great. I just thought, hey, maybe this is where I'm going to be, which is fine with me. 170s, you know, that's fine with me. But, and finally, it, I kind of jumped over that hurdle and started to lose again. But I, I don't know how much more I want to lose. You know, 170 would be a good weight for me. I, I want to start, you know, building muscle. I haven't done that yet. And I'm looking forward to that journey coming. I'm looking forward to it for you too. Like you really, you've run this part of the race, which was getting your body healthy, getting off a majority of your medications, getting the weight down. And now it's fun that you have possibilities. And at 50, you can be like, I'm going to legitimately start a muscle building program. Like, yeah, right. Heck yeah. Right. That's insane to me. (laughs) It's it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, it is. You're living proof that you can reinvent yourself in your health at like any age, no matter honestly how far gone you were. You were in rough shape, man. And to be here is like, it's amazing. So talk to me about some of the inner game, you know, maybe your initial mission statement um, and maybe some of the things that really motivated you. And of course, as a pastor, I'd love to hear about your internal motivations, your faith, your walk with God, uh, your leadership in your community and how this journey is intertwined with that, what you've discovered, what you'd like to share on that front. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, going, going back to uh, when I first started, well, when I had the scare last December, one of the other things I noticed was picking up my grandson, who was less than a year old at that time, and struggling with that. And then, you know, and then he starts crawling and I'm struggling to get down on the floor with him and stuff. So that was a huge motivation for me that I want to see my grandkids grow up as 
you know, as long as long as the Lord allows me to. And I don't want to just watch them grow up. I want to, you know, I want to engage with them and chase them around. And so that was huge. I even, I included that in my mission statement that I want to chase my grandkids around. I mean, because it really stinks when you can't get on the floor and crawl after your grandkid. So that was a huge motivation for me. Spiritually, the body and the spirit go together. And it's been, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm a Lutheran. We admit we're sinners. (laughs) And my spiritual life has improved vastly through this journey because your mindset's different. You're, you're, well, I, theologically speaking, the Lord gives us this body and he wants us to take care of it. And when you're not taking care of it, that's definitely going to have some spiritual implications. When you do start taking care of it, you, I don't know, I don't know really how to describe it, Dr. Anthony, but you just, you're more connected. You're more connected with yourself. You're more connected with God. And you just, I don't, it's hard to describe. You just feel it. You feel an integrity. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Wholeness. It's like health on all these levels of our being, spiritually healthy, physically healthy, mentally, emotionally. There's wholeness through all of it, like integrity. This idea just seems, when I really reflect on this, it seems to what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. You put it a lot better than I could think it is. You just feel whole. For me personally, my prayer life improved. I felt better and I started following through with commitments, which I had neglected for so many years. And when you start doing that and you start being disciplined with your physical life, that leads into having the same mindset, being disciplined in your spiritual life. I mean, really, for me, I'm glad you asked about that because it really has, the two have gone together for me. I feel so much healthier, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually than I did a year ago. So it's been quite a journey. It's truly like my most important thing to talk about. And I'm glad I got the chance to ask you that too, because it's the stuff that you don't know you're going to get as gifts when you start this physical journey of healing. It just opens up. The body is a gateway of experience in this like where we're at, a human body experience that God has given us. When we go and get this in alignment, like what happens, I think is just the real beauty of life can, can express through. And it's amazing to see. So what were some of your main and highly meaningful non-scale victories along the way? So how about this? You're giving church service for an entire year and people are watching you literally melt. <laughs> In front of their eyes. Right. What's that like? That's been interesting. Yeah. You're a public figure, right? I mean, your community. I mean, people are seeing you and also entrusting you with directing them towards their connection with God. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm very blessed to serve a congregation that's so loving and supportive as the one I serve. And they were all behind me, you know, a million percent. And they and they were cheering me on and still are. But yeah, I mean, it's the looks because <laughs> well, it's fresh in my head just had a doctor's appointment Tuesday. And I hadn't seen him in person. I saw the doctor in person six months ago was the last time. Amy, his nurse, I shared this on the, in the group, but Amy, his nurse, I hadn't seen her since last March. So it's been almost a year, you know. I'm sitting in the waiting room and she comes out to call me and I'm sitting right in front of her. And she looks at, she looked at me and she looked around. She said, Tom, Tom. And I said, Amy, I'm right here. And she looked at me, she went, holy crap, are you serious? You know, so yeah, I mean, and then I've had a few other 
instances of that where people hadn't seen me in a while. But the people at church, they see me regularly. They've been on this journey kind of with me and have been completely supportive. Uh, but, I, you know, that's one of the things, too. I even struggled doing church services. I would get winded preaching. I would get winded reading the gospel, just moving around up around the altar and stuff. And now I'm like, let's go. You know, I love it. And it, it's, oh, man, I, it's such a relief because, you know, I would, go to, I would go to church and think, man, I hope I can get through this, you know. And now it's like, I'm ready. Let's go. The same energy you're describing is the energy you're giving off right now. You're just full of life. And I think that's contagious. And that's also what helps us elevate other people is our presence in that mode. So I imagine what you're sharing and connecting with people is so much more powerful coming from this place of like wholeness and new vitality. Yeah. That's cool, right? Now you're doing your work in a more profound way. Absolutely. Because you got yourself healthy, yep, right? Yep. What more needs to be said? I mean, I have a couple more questions to, to kind of wrap this up. I'd like to ask you, and I, I like this question, what does it mean to you, Tom, to be a fit father? What does the word fit father mean to you? Well, health, vitality, like you said a little bit ago, wholeness. I have to share this too, because I share fit father with everybody that I come in contact with. There's actually been a few people that have joined recently. But uh, a couple of them thought, because I'm a pastor, they thought it was a religious organization, Fit Father. <laughs> so that's been neat. But um, accountability, respect, newness. I know I'm just saying words, but I, I love it. I'm totally committed to it. And I'm eternally grateful to you, Dr. Anthony, and to the staff of Fit Father for giving this gift to those of us who, who so desperately needed it. That's the gratitude is a two-way street. You know, I mean, for me, just to express right back one, we created a container for men who are ready to create the experience for themselves in brotherhood with other guys. You did that. And what's amazing to me is like, you've created your own unique fit father. Like it's your life. You're the th one thumbprint of the thousands and thousands of fit fathers about like, this is your story. This is how you did it. And it's this unique expression of these principles. And thank you for working this plan. I mean, it brings our team more joy than any amount of like running the business, revenues, all these things. It's like your story is what keeps us going. You walk the walk and it makes all of the years we took into developing a good program worth it. So thank you. Amen, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much. Anything you'd like to share in closing? Maybe some words of wisdom to other guys, shout outs to any of the guys in the groups and just anything you'd like to share in Capstone? Yeah. For those who are just starting this, it's hard. That's the other thing. It is hard work. It doesn't come easy. You have to be committed to it. And I know how hard that is. I know how hard it is to get yourself in a position where you look at yourself and you're like, I want to do something, but where would I, how it, it would be just too hard. I can't do it. Where would I even start? And all that, I know that mentality. I've been there. And what I would say to those who are thinking about this or who are just starting out and struggling a little bit at first, stick with it. You know, take small steps. What, one of the things I love about Fit Father Project is the flexibility of it. You give us guidelines and you give us all these tools 
And then we get to figure out what works for us and how to put the body together with those tools. So pick things that work for you. When you get through that first Apex 10, know that 30 days from now, if you keep at it, you'll be amazed at what you can do. That's what I tell everybody that, I mean, because I'm living proof. I was in such bad shape. I, the fact that I can do this stuff means that literally anybody can. Seriously. I mean, and you hear people talk like that. And before I started on this journey, I heard people talk like, oh, whatever. But it's true. It really is true. If you commit yourself to this, to this way of life, to this program, and you take from it what you can use and what you can do best with it, you'll see the results. They'll be there. The other thing I want to share is this. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Can you? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. huge for me. <laughs> yeah. It goes up on that's my fridge. That's sub 200. I mean, that was a huge milestone. For it was you. a huge milestone. And when I set that goal on February 1st, 2020, I set it for July 25th, which is my... Which, and this is for those listening, you wanted to be under 200 pounds by your 50th birthday. By my 50th birthday. And amazingly, I hit that on June 10th. So a month and a half early. And then I set a new goal to be to 188 and I was 185 on my birthday. So, I mean, talk about it. Wow. So I was like, I was well over 50 pounds yeah, lost yeah. from that point in time in February to your birthday in July. Yeah. 70 actually. Not that I'm counting Dr. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you should be counting. I mean, this is the creation that you made through will intention following this program and Great birthday present to yourself and something that I'll know you carry in your heart for a long time. Absolutely. I'm excited to see where you're at at 55, you know, doing Me too. heavy bench presses and deadlifts and all this stuff now. And I really am grateful that we can continue with you in the next phase of your journey, wherever this takes you, you know, into muscle building, into all these new things you can enjoy with your body. Because I think you're now in the fun part. You went through the big cleanup and the reestablishment of rhythm part. And that was fun in its own right. But now you're in the realm of possibilities and creation. Like you have this body, what do you want to do with it? Yep, Maybe yep. we'll even get you out to one of these crazy races we're doing with the other fit fathers in the future. Who knows? It's a privilege and a pleasure, and I truly appreciate you coming on today. It was a pleasure to be here with you. I, I really, I'm honored that I was asked to be here and really enjoyed my time with you, Dr. Anthony. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Father Project to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.